sermon series that we've been uh, participating in the last several weeks is over. Uh, why did you say that, Jesus? We've put a bow on that, and I know uh, a lot of you are probably glad. I know some of you didn't look forward to coming each week and hearing Jesus say some hard things. Uh, we start a new series today that has a little bit different of a, of a feel to it. This is a sermon series entitled Unafraid places where Jesus walked. Of course, if you read the e-news, you already know that. (laughs) Today's message is entitled, The Well, and it comes from John chapter 4. It's going to be verses 1 through 19, and then 25 through 29. Hear now the word of our Lord. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John... Although it was not Jesus himself, but his disciples who baptized, he left Judea and started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by the journey, was sitting by the well. It was noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him, And he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming up here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go back and call your husband. Then come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right in saying that you have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar, and she went back to the city. 
She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. He cannot be the Messiah. Can he? This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we pray that we are able to hear your word this morning with clarity. That your word would meet us where we're at, but not necessarily leave us where we are at. May your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. He chose her, of all people, her. She'd been married five times before. Now, we do not know the circumstances surrounding these previous five marriages, but the fact that she'd been married so many times, the implications of that, they were not good. We can speculate and speculate as to what happened those five times. We can speculate as to the content of her character. But the bottom line is, is because this is her situation, she's an outsider. She's an outcast. The people in her village, they looked down on her. She was othered. And then, well, there's the other guy, the new guy. He may very well turn out to be husband number six. Time will tell. But he wasn't yet. The people in the village, they they would have shunned her. The other villagers would view her as sinful and despicable. When the women of the village saw her coming, they would yell out, Okay, ladies, here she comes. Hide your husbands. When the men of the village would see her, they would make fun of her. They would make jokes about her and her inability to keep a man. It didn't matter to the villagers if the five husbands before had died or if they had ran off. It didn't matter. No matter the circumstances, She was an outsider. Back in those days, one failed marriage would have been enough to do it. But he chose her. Of all people, her. To make his choice even more scandalous, The two of them were different, way different. They come from different places. He wasn't from her village. His people were not her people. As a matter of fact, his people othered her people in a manner that was quite uh, degrading. It was harmful. His people looked down their nose at her people. They were thought to be less than, not as good as. You know, one of them. He was a Jew. 
and she was a Samaritan. Scandalous. If you have a hard time imagining how tense things could be between their people for such a long time, imagine the Hatfields and the McCoys. Siblings in court fighting over an inheritance. Church people fighting over what color the new roof should be. Duke and that other school in some place called Chapel Hill. Alabama and Auburn. I knew it was coming. Or Donkeys and elephants. It was as tense as those, and then some. But he chose her. Of all people, her. Okay, preacher, you got us wondering now. What exactly did he choose her for? Thought you'd never ask. But first, let's set the scene just a little bit further. She comes to the well. And she brings with her all of her guilt, all of her shame, all of her burdens, all of her hurt, and her bucket. You see, her and potential husband number six, they need water. Clothes need washing. Food needs cooking. Bodies thirst. And so here she comes, carrying that guilt, that shame, those burdens, that hurt, and that bucket. And there he sits, this stranger. This stranger who is obviously not one of her people. Do you know what mama said about talking to strangers, right? And she knows that men, strange or otherwise, have not been good for her, nor have they been good to her. So she probably wants to avoid them. But the strange man, he speaks. He says, give me a drink. And she, she's taken aback by this. This is not one of her people. He's one of them, and she's one of the other them. And he's a man. She says, sir, we, we do not share things in common. And he replies, oh, but if you only knew, if you only knew who asked you for a drink, you would ask him for a drink. Even if his people aren't your people, you'd ask. You know what? He'd give to you living water. Water that would quench every thirst. Water that would wash away every sin. Water that would make you cleaner than the cleanest clothes. Water that would wash away all your guilt, all your shame, all your burdens, and all your hurts. Oh, really, she says? Well, you don't even have a bucket. You don't even have a bucket. What? What well are you going to draw from? Strange Jewish man without a bucket? How are you going to give me water? 
And he says, I don't need a bucket. I am the well. She starts to sense that something profound is happening here. So she says to him, well, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty, so I don't have to haul this bucket up here to keep drawing water. In her hunch about the profound nature of his presence, it's further evidenced when he starts to tell her about her life. He talks to her about her five husbands. He talks to her about potential husband number six. Later, when she returned to the village, she would tell the people in the village, he told me everything that I have ever done. Who is this guy? He cannot be the Messiah. Can he? In her conversation with him, she, she brings up the Messiah. She brings up the Christ to the point of basically asking him, Basically ask him, are you the Messiah, the Christ, the one who is coming? Did you know what he said? I am. This is the part of the story that gets me excited. He chose her. Of all people, her. In John's gospel, Jesus uh, never, uh, he never confirms nor denies his identity as the Messiah to anyone prior to her. Her. He didn't confirm it with the disciples. He didn't confirm it with Nicodemus. He didn't confirm it with the people in the temple. He never told any of them directly that he was Christ. Not until after he'd already told her. He tells her first. Her. A Samaritan. One of them. One of the others. A Samaritan woman who had been married five times and now lives with potential husband number six. And she is the one who Jesus tells first, I am. And do you know what she did in response to hearing this? Well, yes, she, she does run back to the village and she tells everyone about the encounter. And for some reason, they believe her. But one of the smaller details that, that we must catch, we must catch this, this detail in the story is that as she runs back to the village, she leaves behind something. What does she leave behind? She leaves behind her bucket. The instrument that she carried to accumulate the source of life that she so desperately needed, she left it behind. And with it, we are left to believe that she also leaves behind her shame, her guilt, her burdens, and her hurt. She has tapped into a different well, a well that springs forth 
living water, a well that springs forth living water for her soul, a well that springs forth abundant life, and in fact, even life eternal. This well is known by many names. I am is one such name for this well, and another name more frequently used is the name of Jesus. Jesus is the source of life, the one through whom all things came into being, the one who redeems all things, the one who saves all things. Jesus. I am, he said. So my question to you this morning, upon hearing all of this, is what are you carrying around? What are you carrying around in your bucket? What is it? What guilt are you carrying around in your bucket? What shame, what burdens, what fears, what hurts? How heavy is your bucket? Come to the whale. The whale, the I am, Jesus bids you come to the whale. All of you who are weary, all of you who are afraid, all of you who are burdened, all of you who are lost, all of you who are thirsty. Come to the well. And if you're not quite sure how to get there, if you're not quite sure how to locate the well, I urge you to keep coming back. The good news is, is that the well is deep and the well is wide and the one who makes the water flow never stops the work of finding those who need a drink the most, no matter where he has to go. The whale will appear. The whale will appear. And how do I know that? Well, I know it because he chose you, of all people. <laughs> he chose you. You. Drink up. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.